Leafs win. Leafs win. Leafs win. Hockey's back. And the Leafs won. Woo! Redemption after an embarrassing 3 1 uh, collapse in the playoffs last yes. year. Yes. Don't uh, we, remind me. Uh, but it's it's what makes us Leaf fans is reliving tragedy. Um, so some ups and downs, but they come out with a W. Can't complain at the end of the day. Uh, so let's start. Uh, let's start first period. Um, I think it's good to. I mean, the game just ended like half an hour ago, less. So we can uh, we got it fresh, and we're gonna try and do that every episode. Just jump at it fresh. Um, yeah, let's get into it. I am. Uh, I'm Johnny, aka Roscoe of Roscoe and Friends. Today we're here with Steph Gorman. Hey everyone, it's wanna... uh, Steph. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, hey, it's Steph Gorman, uh, commissioner extraordinaire of fantasy hockey here of our league, uh, graciously invited by Johnny, a.k.a. Roscoe. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here and to discuss my all-time favorite pastime, hockey stuff. (laughs) Right on. Um, yeah, as Steph mentioned, we're all in a fantasy league together. Uh, there's a few of us that are going to be jumping in as the friends. Um, every We're going to try and do most games, but the way that our jobs work, uh, it's not always possible to do every game because uh, we are just fans. We are not members of the media. Well, I guess, I mean, as of a minute ago recording, we, we can call ourselves members of Leafs fan media, at least. Uh, I guess so, eh? <laughs> just without the salary pay. Yeah. <laughs> See, and that's why we can't do every game because we gotta we gotta make the money in between. Uh, so yeah. first off, um, coming off of the All or Nothing documentary, the big uh, narrative around the Leafs was: Do they play like a playoff team? I mean, Keith uh, nailed it from the beginning of the season. I don't care that we're winning. I'm pulling the goalie in the third period. We're winning by one goal. We're coming back from deficits. Like this isn't what's going to get us over that hump. What do we think game one? You know what? Game one was a little rough to begin with, not going to lie. When we came out of the floodgates, Anderson tried to pull that move like in the pre-series there. Um, right off the hop, tried to get a goal, and Campbell just shut that shit down. Got to say that. Uh, I am so happy that I was able to grab Campbell in our fantasy league because I was just <laughs> dancing and watching him tonight. The first five minutes, it should have been three, nothing like they, they came out swinging and the Leafs had nothing. Uh, Sandine was asleep and all was asleep. <laughs> and uh, I felt like they were like running at half the pace that the Canadians were. And then Brody grabbed it and, and just skated around the back of the net, slowed everything down. The Canadians changed and he's like, everybody, chill out i got this let's remember what we've trained for why we're here and then from then on it was like they started fighting back but uh yeah definitely a physical game montreal came out swinging yeah brody brought his personality right into the game you know he's such a mellow guy and he just saw that from the sidelines he's like no way this is not happening right now i'm gonna grab this puck and fix this mess okay because the first I want to say 15 minutes of the period I was nervous and then finally the last couple minutes and I was like okay okay they're picking it up they're holding their own so we have a chance here 
But uh, I'm really glad to see that the Leafs turned it around, honestly, and they picked up the pace. So that was really nice to just watch, especially they looked like it was the first game of the season. Not going to lie. Shaking the dust off. It's tough. Um, There's so many new faces around the lineup. And uh, one of the things I wanted to touch on was – you know, who was going to come out and give the biggest performance game one. And honestly, I don't even think I can pin one of them. The entire new line, uh, especially having Mikheyev and Matthew not there, I think they all had to step up a little more. Um, but the Engvall, Kampf, Kasha line was everywhere. I've never seen Pierre Engvall and think like, oh, he's not a plug on this team. He actually is fighting for yeah. something. The whole talk the offseason was like, He's not going to be there by training camp. Oh, he's not going to be there by game one. Scores the first goal. I totally agree with you there. And um, when I'm looking at the most improved player from last year, the first thing that comes to mind is Pierre Engvall. If you just look at his stats from before last year, he played 42 games and only had 12 points. And then previous to that, 15 points in 48 games. He knew Sheldon Keefe was telling him that is not good enough. And if you want it to be on the roster this year, you have to step it up. And I have to applaud him for doing that through an injury uh, during training camp. And he still made the roster with all of that competition. Yeah, I got to give it to him. And I I really wanted him to get that second goal at the end there. They're saying he's never scored two goals in a game before. He almost got the empty netter. (laughs) That was uh, nice. But Kasha and Kampf on his line, just pounding the hell out of Montreal. They were so good. I got to say, Kampf is so fearless. Huge block on the five-on-three. He wins face-offs like a monster. Kasha had about nine or ten shot attempts, six shots on net. Like, damn, I wish he was in my fantasy league tonight, right? Okay. <laughs> but, so, yeah, very, very impressed, not going to lie. Uh. Now, not really a new addition, but I guess new to be in the lineup opening night, uh, Rasmus Sandin. It was like it was like watching Morgan Riley and Jake Gardner again, where you're like, "Oh, that was good," and then the next minute you're like, "Oh my god, why did you? What are you doing?" Yeah, frustrating to watch. I gotta say, his shot is his specialty. And I love when he shoots that puck from the blue line. And I wish that Morgan Riley would do more of that, especially in the contract year. We just need those big shot presence on the blue line for the Leafs. They play too much uh, with the puck in front of the net, especially on the power play. So uh, I'm really happy to see Sandine on the team this year, on the roster. He has the best opportunity to improve his game. Uh, even his stats, 28 games two years ago, only eight points improved to nine games, four points plus six ratings. So I think Sandine's going to go far this year. If not, take Morgan Riley's spot on the first power play. I, honestly, I think you have a point there with the power play. I don't think Riley's been the quarterback that they expected him to be. I think he was. He, he felt the competition for the spot when Tyson Berry was there, and I feel like he definitely put up a bit more of a fight then but now that he's been kind of leading the team and hasn't had much competition offensively from the the rest of the decor he's just been i don't want to say lazy but definitely kicking him back um on the power play a little bit more um which is easy to do when you are playing on a power play with 
you know, Nylander, Tavares, and Marner and Matthews. But um, yeah, Sandine could easily knock him off that spot. Uh, but do we think Sandine's going to knock Dermot out of the lineup? That's the thing about Dermot, right? He's had his time to show what he's got. Um, the thing about Sandine Dermot, Lil Grin, or however you pronounce his last name, I always trip up on his last name, but these are first and second round pick defensemen. So they should be showing their way in this league. And unfortunately for Timmy there, it's taken a long time, but Dermot, there's competition right behind him. And if he doesn't step it up and doesn't mature this year into his full potential, unfortunately, he might get bumped off the roster. I think it's totally realistic because Lilligren needs to take that step or it's almost uh, they need to reevaluate the um, development process that they're putting these defensemen through because it took a really long time to get these guys into the lineup compared to a lot of the forwards that they were drafting higher in the line in the uh, in the draft. So I don't know. We're I'm hoping to see more out of those guys, but um, Paul's looking like a steal at two million dollars now. Ooh, yeah, he is. But he took a long time to get where he is. So he is 28, 29 years old now, and he was drafted at least seven, eight years ago. So I'm really happy for Hall and how he's matured into the player that he is. And now he has the chance to play beside Muzzin and a solid decor on the Leafs. So Hall is a very important piece to the team, especially what we saw tonight with that huge block on the five on three there. That was whew, just what we needed. That penalty kill was insane. Like the, I really don't want to get into the penalties tonight because it was just like <laughs> with all the talk of oh we're gonna call more on the uh the cross checking this year okay then what, what about that blatant cross check in front of the net in the last five minutes there i think it's just yeah there were so many calls and then every time somebody hit their own skate that we've got a tripping call some of them i'll give them they, they were blatant trips but it seemed to be the only thing they wanted to call tonight yeah, it was a little messy there. And then Marner behind the knee with the trip, just trying to tug on the guy going down. Uh, yeah. Got to call that one. But the ones at the end, hmm, I'm thinking game management. The refs are trying to think, uh, trying not to be biased there with the Leafs coming off a power play. But then in the very end, they're on a power play again. So Montreal, I have to give it to them and give them a pat on the back for trying to pull the goalie with the, Le with the Leafs on the power play. And they, that was real ballsy, but hey, first game of the season, you might as well try it out, right? <laughs> when I first saw Empty Net, I was like, oh, did the Leafs get a penalty? Oh, no, they just pulled the goalie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Alan was yeah. great in net. Um, and for being there while Price is out, uh, he did an awesome job. Uh, <laughs> it was hard to get pucks in on Alan and... I'm very happy for Willie there to sneak that one and fake him out on what you would think would be the immediate slap shot, but he just wristed it in. So that was nice to see as well. Yeah. That triple quadruple fake. He pulled it. I, I, I didn't even know if he was going to shoot or pass that one. Um, oh, JT drew a call. He had like three guys on him behind the net. I don't know if you caught this. He was just yeah. like dancing around behind the net and there's three Canadians behind him and just fighting to push to the front. And they're like, oh, hook and call. I was like, this this is the JT I needed. Just an annoying little vulture <laughs> in front of the net. 
Yeah, you know he's always going to play super hard on his stick, super rough. And now Hyman's not on the not in the lineups. Rather, uh, he's going to go extra hard with that. So I'm happy to see it. I'm here all day for it. So as long as he doesn't get injured, he fell once during the game that looked very awkwardly, just going right behind me, bent, and it scared me. <laughs> like it just PTSD from the playoffs. So. Bunting yeah. went down too. I don't know if you saw that one, but yeah. yeah. I, oh, anybody goes down for that long, I'm just. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So, who do you think wears this win slash loss? Or sorry, win. We won. What we am won. I saying? I'm just, I'm just reading all uh, these things here. God. Jack, Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell. Okay. Um, you read my mind because I feel like. Even though the Leafs, for the probably better part of the second and third period, were ahead, they were uh, dominating faceoff circle. JT was like twelve and one or twelve and two or something. Yeah, um, they uh, would have been fighting back the whole game if they hadn't uh, had those amazing saves at the beginning. It would have been two, three, nothing right off the bat. I totally agree with you. It would have been 3 nothing in the first period if it wasn't for Jack Campbell. I mean, everyone kind of pulled their weight. I was hoping a little more from Bunting there just because he had an amazing preseason. But I know patience is a virtue. Time will tell. You know what I mean? Uh, Pierre Ingval was nothing less of amazing. His killer shot, awesome PK. This guy's a speedster. Oh, yeah. Uh, he- there's more to him than his long neck and the talk about him being a giraffe in the league. <laughs> like, I want him to be successful. He has the full potential. He's a huge guy. Just use his body, play the game, be fast. That's what it is today in the NHL. You need to be fast. So I totally agree with you. Back to Campbell. In the beginning, panic, 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 big saves. Brody settled the puck. And it was smooth sailing from there. Not as smooth as I wanted it to be, but first game, got the win. That's all that matters. Yep. Um, I feel like with Edmondson and Weber out, the defense on Montreal was definitely handicapped. And like the hole in my Leaf socks that I'm wearing, there was a hole (laughs) that was very evident on the Leafs tonight, and that was scoring power. Uh, Yes. Willie, obviously, uh, just... He has gotten better every season since his uh, nightmare year where he signed his contract. But uh, there's very clearly a hole without Matthews there. There were times where I saw Marner dancing around towards the net and it's like, yes, yes. And then at the end, he's like, I have no one to pass to and I don't really want to take the shot. And I'm like, you you can take the shot for starters, but you can just tell that there's like a, I, uh, I don't know where to go with this. Yeah, there's a little bit of a hesitancy there with Marner sometimes. Willie and Marner drive me crazy with how much they miss the net. I'm talking about previous seasons and, you know, not just tonight. You, They have the puck and they always miss the fucking net. And it drives me insane. So I was really hoping. Yeah. Around and around and around, and then all oh, you whiffed it, or all oh, something happened. So, you know, Marner is 48 points in 38 games without Matthews. They showed that uh, stat tonight on wow. screen, and and 
it shows because Marner does step up, but I don't want to see him disappearing, especially, you know, like you can't feel bad for these kids and their contracts. Like they no. held out, wanted the money. Here you are, man. You got to perform Prove it. now. Yeah. So um, I was I was happy with Marner's play. Uh, no complaints there. And I want to talk about Richie a little. Like that net front presence was nice. Being physical on the puck around the boards was nice. I was not the happiest camper when he was traded to Toronto. And then the rumors were was that he was going to be on the first line. I was like, eh, because I had him in the fantasy world the last couple of years in and out off the waiver wire and I knew he wasn't the best but he played on the top power play on and off with Marchand, Pasternak, Bergeron but you know what being from Orangeville and a hometown boy he might have something to prove while he's on the Leafs and I'm here to see it now like he's here he's a big body I don't think he can be Hyman but we'll see. No and I think he doesn't need to be Hyman. I, if if anything tonight proved it was that they have the penalty killing power without him, especially in Kasha and Kampf and these just hard hitting third and fourth liners that they're going to bring in. And I mean, Simmons and Spets are who they are. And um, Kerfoot is always going to be good for that too. But I, I feel like that that side of Hyman is not missing and, Mm-hmm. Bunting has shown, you know, crashing the net and fighting in the corners as of these other new guys that I don't think they're really missing that. So I think I'm hoping at least that Richie finds a role with those two that he hasn't had before, or at least just clears the ice open and gets in people's way so that there's space for Matthews and Marner to do what they do. And it might not show up on the score sheet. You might not, you know, it might not make him a fantasy pick because he's playing with those two. He, but, mm-hmm. you know, advanced stats wise, you might see him opening lanes and uh, and feeding them pucks and things where uh, where they need them. Yeah, I can see him being fantasy relevant in deep, deep leagues. Like if you have a 16, 18 man team, then definitely, especially him being on the Matthews Marner line. Like he has such a high ceiling that he can potentially reach. Like last year, he was a 15 goal scorer this year. It could be through the roof and those teams, the other teams don't see it coming. He can be the one guy who just snakes that quick puck like he did in the preseason and got those couple goals there. So I think the Leafs are pretty dangerous. No, I I, I definitely think this is the deepest. Everybody was saying, you know, who are all these people they're adding? You know, this isn't going to fix anything. These are just weird plugs. And, And now that were through preseason and trading camp and into the first game. It's like, this is a really deep team. Like the, these are guys that every other team gave up and they were able to pick up on cheap contracts to fill out that, I don't know, four or $5 million of roster space they had. And they're doing really well. I, I got to applaud Dubas for his creativity. Yeah, I'm in the same boat here. And then when I'm looking at the roster, I'm just seeing Ontario, Ontario, Ontario as hometowns. And you know what? It helps if you Sue wear Greyhound, that jersey. Sue Greyhound, Sue Greyhound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you wear that jersey all through your childhood, you know you have an extra fire under your butt to perform. So I'm all for that, for Dubis signing these uh, hometown kids. And hopefully it pays off this year. And you know what? Unfortunately, we couldn't do it last year for big jumbo Joe there, but uh, it's coming. I I think it's coming. I'm not going to say plan the parade right now and jinx myself altogether, you know, but uh, 
I think it's going to be great, but I'm also a Leafs fan, so I always bleed blue. But yeah, yeah. This yeah, is what we're yeah. doing. This is this is late night leaps, <laughs> episode one of late night leaps. Episode one, home opener down, eighty one more to go. Uh, Cole Caulfield is going to score thirty goals this season. Every time I... he was rushing the net, I was like, mm, he's going to score. Yeah, uh, he it's does debatable. that against the goalie that's not playing like Jack was tonight. He, you know, they got a couple. Awful games against New Jersey, Ottawa, whoever it is. Like, he, he could start just racking points up. Well, the good thing for that top line is that re-signing of Nick Suzuki with the 7.875 mil a year times eight sixty three million dollar contract. Whoo! You know what? I did not have a lot of faith in Nick Suzuki coming into the season, but then I saw the contract, and it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. They want to have uh, more franchise players beyond who's about to retire. Shea Weber, you have Jeff Petrie there. You've lost to no, you've lost so many players in the offseason. Who knows what's going on with Price? So he has potential. I would just love him to be not as timid. I feel like he can be stronger, more of a physical presence on the ice. I feel like he's still a little snaky, but not in the best way. But for that amount of money and on that top line with uh, Toffoli and Caulfield, they could be dangerous. But when I was watching the game tonight, I wasn't scared when they're on the ice. Honestly, I was more scared of the Anderson line. Oh, Anderson is just, a, he's like Marshawn 2.0. He's going to be like the biggest <laughs> pain in the ass for the Leafs in the next, what is it? Six more years. He signed with them. Ugh. Yeah, Ugh. honestly, great pickup by Montreal coming from a slumping Columbus team at the time. Okay. Uh, when we had our chat there, you guys mentioned you hated uh, Anderson. The first name that came to mind was Marshan for me. So glad we're on the same boat because uh, it's just that little irk. And that irk almost made me draft him, but I know he's not as consistent as he could be be and I don't want I didn't want a 50 point score on my league I wanted to aim 70 plus so uh, we'll see but hey he might prove me wrong who knows right but you got to have that attitude in the game especially you're paying for the Montreal Canadiens like you're in a dynasty league here you have to make an impact so uh, while we're talking contracts, we can segue uh, to... There's a couple other people that signed the last few days. Mika Zibanejad with a monster eight times eight and a half. He is somebody that I've had sometimes in fantasy leagues, and then he'll disappear for two or three months, so I will drop him. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm sorry, he scored 25 goals in the last two months, and I dropped him? Like, what happened? Like, he just... It's like this. <laughs> I don't understand this guy. He can score five goals in a game and then not score for the next five games like yeah definitely fantasy owners hated him early last year as well they were just cursing his name all through the comments of his player profile but at the end of the year he still led the team in points and he is their number one center so I don't know how anyone can drop him even though it hurts and hurts and hurts but 
Ask for, the Ottawa for, Senators. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he shows up. He's a point-per-player game, and I'm really hoping for the best for New York Rangers this season. I do have a prediction that they'll uh, place third in the Metropolitan, but that's a really bold prediction, but we'll see. Um, you know, Panera's going to lead the way there for them, and Zibanejad's going to be right behind there with him. I really want to see more to Lafreniere. I picked him last year deep, like, I don't know, one of the last rounds in our fantasy draft, and he did absolutely nothing. I mean, that whole team collapsed last year, but, like, Lafreniere was... What, like, what, what was all this hype about? Kid did nothing. That's what it was. It was all hype and nothing else, unfortunately. He he absolutely dominated the leagues he was in prior to the NHL, and then he came to the NHL, and he was, like, ghost in the face just like what happened and i remember you complaining about this guy and i was just like okay i'm never going to draft a rookie unless they are literally like the next connor mcdavid or something but lefrenier had those numbers in his junior season so it was hard to tell he he was as like this guy's gonna give matthews and marner a run for it and i'm like okay nobody's picked him and it's like 113th pick or something yeah i'll grab him (laughs) my number 13 oh my god he was bad like, I, I want to see more of him and actually live up to some of this hype. Or at least, you know, make a name for himself as something, if anything. Yeah, uh, he's been given plenty of opportunity playing on the top two lines. And hopefully he breaks out this season. But honestly, my gut is telling me he's not going to. And there's still going to be at least four or five players ahead of him on the on the score chart. So... If you drafted him this year, Johnny, I'm sorry. It might not be good. (laughs) Somebody else drafted Lafreniere. Okay. Oh, so we have breaking news. Ryan Pollock just signed uh, an eight-year extension with the New York Islanders. Oh, wow. So just, uh, it says just under 50 million total. So... Uh, whatever that works out to. The defensemen are getting paid this year, let me tell you. So when I saw that Ekholm contract, I wasn't surprised. Even though it doubled his previous contract, he just came off a six-year, uh, $22.5 million contract. But then you see the, the guys like Seth Jones, Dougie Hamilton, and their contracts. So you know the defensemen are getting paid. <laughs> So, for reference here, Ekholm signed four times 6.25. Pollock just signed eight times 6.25. So, same number uh, term. First five years, no trade clause. Last three years, limited no trade. So, everybody except the Canadian teams in Buffalo. Okay. Okay. And it's funny how they still have Noah Dobson on their first power play even though they signed Pollock to such a monster contract. And I know he's heavily depended upon, but they're really trying to give this kid a chance, which I appreciate, but we'll see how long that lasts. I don't question anything Lou does. He's just playing 4D chess with the rest of GMs. So I know if, <laughs> if he if he thinks Pollock is an eight-year deal, then okay. Let's see what he's got. I know. <laughs> yeah. I think... Uh... Yet the Lou years with the Leafs are awful. <laughs> yeah, I think eight years is a little too long, but I can't see Pollock being 
traded to any other team. So you know what? You want to retire there? Here you go. Here's your big con- contract. Well, look, in, I mean, in a couple of years, 6.25 for somebody like that might not even be that hard to trade. Yeah. Like if that's what we're saying Matthias Ekholm is worth and more because we're talking the back half of the contract. So Ekholm resigns after that. If he's making more, then Pollock's making less than that. So... Yeah, it's hard to say right now with a flat cap and the situation that the Leafs are in. We look at numbers like you know anything seven or eight million, and it's like, oh, how could you? Was like, well, uh, you know, realistically, teams can do that when they're not spending forty million on four guys. Yeah, seriously. And speaking of another defenseman, McAvoy is really close in contract too. He's going to be extended. I'm interested to see how much they sign him for. It's all just pointing to Riley getting way too much for the Leafs to afford. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, I know Mo's seen it all, been there, done that, longest tenured Leaf on the team. I would love to see him be re-signed, but with the free agency and how it's treating others, I think he might test the waters. I don't know. What do you think about that? Why not, right? I mean, it's the same way they lost the last name them all like yeah so i don't see why you wouldn't like there's especially maybe going to the west like uh, who could afford them it's it's tough to say like at this point in the season who's going to be looking for a defenseman like that for a playoff push but i mean (sighs) vegas why not because they're in the conversation for every player apparently like yeah you know i could see him going with Vegas or maybe Seattle wants to throw some money around at the, closer to the deadline or in the off season. Maybe. I just like, there's a lot of teams that have the space. That's the thing. Like the Sens are barely over the floor right now. He could even go to Ottawa. Like they're in a, a place where eh, they're rebuilding, but they have a lot of young talent, which Riley's used to DJ Smith is there. They know each other. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe that's, I would hate it, but he could very well go to Ottawa. Yeah, it's a realistic scenario, unfortunately. I, Like I said, I hope he stays with Toronto, but uh, Riley is very adamant about not talking about contracts. He will not talk to the, me- the media about his contract year yeah. whatsoever. Because so. <laughs> he's a smart Leafs player. He knows what the media is going to do to him. He's been there long enough. He's seen them tear apart enough (laughs) he knows everything um so what uh, what time are we at now how long are we i wish i had a running timer here i think we started at about 20 after so i think we're at about a half hour mark here um let's do do we want to uh oh i'm just mm, fantasy wise Okay. Yeah, uh, did you have any players in the uh, the Leafs Montreal game? I do in other leagues. Uh, just FYI, I'm in five leagues, so oh. it wasn't easy to keep it all the same. But fortunately, well, unfortunately, Jack Campbell did not count points for me tonight because that one starts next week. But in our league, I. Do do not have any players. So I had Carlson, who was playing for um, 
Washington, but I don't even think he did anything for me tonight. But did you have anyone? I had Jake Muzzin, who was a whole... Uh... Oh, he finished even. He was minus one until the second goal. Um, okay. With a shot on goal. <laughs> and Chris Kreider, who scored the lone goal for the Rangers in a 5-1 loss. Which, wow. I don't know if you saw, put Ovechkin fourth all-time scoring and 10 goals away from third. Yes. He's going to make it. He Two two more seasons in the league, and he he goes past uh, Gretzky there in all-time goals. I call it. Did you see um, Did you see his and Backstrom's new commercial together? Yes. <laughs> Unreal. It's, uh, oh, that's for good. For who hasn't seen it, his uh, Ovi's wife comes out and he goes, "Hey, why is why is um, Backstrom on your uh, your life insurance? Well, if if I go, who's going to feed him the puck? Who's going to get him all his assists? <laughs> it's it's so good. What then? Yeah, what then? And why is he always here for breakfast? <laughs> Fantastic. Aww. Yeah, best buddies. Too bad about Backstrom uh, being injured. I hope he comes back strong, but it's going to be such a long time. And don't blame him for no one really drafting him in our fantasy, fantasy league. It's going to be months. I picked Krishnatsov last year. Like, I think he had his worst season. <laughs> I picked yep. Patterson, who had his worst season. I picked Lafreniere, who did nothing. Like, I, I, I couldn't have picked a worse team to start last year. Kuznetsov with two pl- power play points tonight, actually. And he looks like he's going to bounce back, but we'll oh, see. I didn't trust yeah. him. <laughs> I know. So, um, I think we can, uh, we're warmed up enough. We can try out uh, our little role play game we have this called roll for rolls so i have okay. a, a dice rolling app here what we're going to do here is whatever uh number i roll here is going to correspond to some different pre-picked characters and questions uh and oh, we're going to answer them <laughs> the best we can as uh or from the perspective of those people where's my dice rolling app i had it it's obviously not called dice something because that would be too easy to find in my um, alphabetical order here. It's probably like something silly, like easy roll. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I literally just downloaded this not too long ago. It should be on my main page, but it's not. Down, down, hey. down, 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 down. Oh, here, roll my dice. Because... <laughs> Okay. Roll it up. Uh oh, my clock is a. One sec. It's uh, yeah. There we go. So. Okay. Why is it? Why are they colors? Okay, here. I figured it out. So, first roll. It's a three. I am Nick Ritchie. We kind of answered this one already. We we literally answered this. It was um, 
how hard is it filling Hyman's shoes and bringing to the PK? And uh, we answered that. So I'm going to re-roll. I got two. I am Mark Bergevin. <laughs> okay. Okay. How confident are you in the team that just played against the Leafs after a very different Habs team? Knocked them out a few months ago. Um, I don't like not having a full uh, defensive roster. I don't like all the injuries that we're starting the season off with. I don't like that we're playing our first game back in a full um, Leafs arena after what happened. I feel like we're going to get every uh, call against us and everybody's going to be screaming. It is going to be totally one-sided as far as the atmosphere. Um I don't, I don't like this. They're going to try and frame some things uh, badly for us and uh, say that we're not deserving of a playoff spot after coming in 18th place uh, last year and still making it. And you know what? I don't care. I will draft who I want. I will sign who I want. And this team <laughs> is going to come back. And we'll be fine. I think we'll be just fine because if we make the playoffs, everybody is going to be terrified of us. It is just through the regular season that... I think is going to be a tough time for us. Sounds good, uh, Mark. <laughs> you, you sound confident there. We'll hey. see about your team. I have to. <laughs> I'm hoping, uh, hoping that Carey Price comes back uh, sometime this season, but we're not, no pressure to him. We're, uh, we're fully supportive of him. I will make uh, adjustments as I need in the goaltending situation, the more we learn about what's going on. We'll see. Um, we definitely will need to back something up because I don't know if uh, Jake Allen will get us all the way through the season alone. He's not complaining about the situation whatsoever. <laughs> all right. You want to go for one? Uh, okay. Try. All right, Steph. So you are Michael Hutchinson. Oh, yes. So Campbell and Morazic both played reduced seasons last year due to injury, about 34 games each. Now, people are expecting about a 41-41 split from them. Neither of them have done that. So are you scared you're going to be playing uh, more than a few games this year? I'm in it to win it. I've been in this situation before. I got traded. I'm back again. You can't get rid of my ass. <laughs> Whether it's the AHL, NHL, I think um, I will always bleed blue. He just thinking about Michael Hutchison in general, like he, he kind of gets the short end of the stick. Um, but hey, coming from him, myself, and I, however you want to uh, phrase it, I will do my best, and I'm ready. <laughs> oh, so, man. For reference, Hutchinson has been back and forth to the Leafs, I think, four times. <laughs> so we got Marley's, Leafs, Leafs, Marley's, Colorado, Marley's, Leafs, Leafs, but I'm pretty sure he got like he, he was put on waivers and then 
he cleared waivers October 5th. Yeah, so, or else Leafs wouldn't have him right now. <laughs> man, the amount of goalies the Leafs lose to waivers is so frustrating. I'm so I like Hutch. You know, I like, I have nothing against the guy. It's just he had a prime opportunity with Colorado. Unfortunately, he can seal the deal while you had group hour there as well. But now we have a timeshare between Campbell and Mrazek. There has to be injury for him to come in or else he's just going to be an AHLer forever and ever. Uh, yeah, agreed. I think he's going to get uh, some decent ice time this year with the Leafs, as, at least as a backup, because, I mean, one of these guys is going to get hurt this season, whether it's Campbell or, uh, or Mrazek. Um, he'll definitely be sitting on the bench a couple times, but I don't know. I'd give him maybe somewhere between seven and ten games he'll probably play, if maybe like parts of seven to ten games. Uh, Ducks... Yeah. Mason McTavish. Oh, yeah. I can't play that. Scores first yeah. NHL goal in first game. Oh, I see that. Good, Good for, for him. him. <laughs> 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 I know. Uh, Jack Johnson also scored tonight. Um, speaking of people that will never leave the NHL <laughs> somehow. Honestly. Yeah, uh, I'm glad his professional uh, tryout a con or professional tryout worked out for him. But oh, the PTO. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. And uh, Pool Boy scored for the Oilers. He played on McDavid and. Uh, dry saddles line tonight surprisingly it wasn't hymen so i know i picked hymen in the draft and then i learned today that who is it ken holland is not putting him on the first line and i was like oh cool 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 cool, cool. <laughs> i guess i'll trade hymen yeah it sounded like it was going to be legit like he was going to be a top line player especially with that big contract he signed with edmonton but who knows things might change again yeah i mean we'll see they move their lines around a lot more i think we're used to kind of set in stone lines with the leafs because they have been so set in stone for the last couple of years that uh we expect the same from them but i mean try and mcdavid move around between being on each other's lines and not a lot more than we i think give them credit for yeah at least for fantasy purposes you can target that first or second line and they're guaranteed to get points because the other two line two lines are just not there but <laughs> they're definitely a top heavy team and um uh, but I had high hopes for Hyman, honestly. I really wanted him to well, – well, it's too early to tell. Why am I talking like this? But we'll see. I mean, it is and it isn't because you think that bringing somebody in who's been in that situation playing with Marner and Matthews and you give him this big contract and big money that he's going to start on the first line with them. Like, it's, it's just – I don't know. It's a little strange. Um, but, I mean, it's – He's playing with um, Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto, so it's not like they're putting him on the fourth line and with nobodies. Yeah, but I'm still meh about those two players. They're 
I feel like they could do more in this league, and they haven't really impressed. They've just been carried by McDavid and Dreisaitl, especially Dreisaitl playing on that second line. So maybe Hyman will give them that little boost and to get their offensive minds going because they're so used to having Dreisaitl on that line. So, hey, could be good things in the end. Here's a, here's a theory. How do you think all of these players that Edmonton got in their drafts from being so bad would have developed had McDavid not been there? If somebody else had got McDavid, but Nugent Hopkins and uh, Yamamoto and, um, you know, Ethan Bear, if he was still around there, and Eberle, like all, all these guys that were part of this were tanking and were going to draft high era how would they have developed had McDavid not just taken the reins and gone, don't worry guys, I got this. You can go go play on the second and third line. Like if those guys had gotten first line minutes and, you know, gotten the focus of the development team and gotten all the attention, like. Yeah, I told, I, I agree with you in some sense. We'll look at Everly now. He's on the first line and first power play of the new Seattle Kraken. So Ooh. hopefully things Good things come for them, but he did have the opportunity to play with Barzell on the top line of New York Islanders. So it's iffy. So that's why I lean towards Schwartz in the draft or even McCann over uh, Eberle because Eberle, like, I'm not confident. He doesn't provide me the confidence enough to take that right winger spot on my roster list. But I'm sure other people disagree. Who knows? Well, it's it's tough. I mean, Eberle was like the most popular player in Canada for a couple months there when he had those the game winning goals and uh, or the the gold medal winners, but uh, then just didn't really live up to it once he got to the NHL. He's always just kind of been like, uh, I mean, to take a, an EA Sports NHL thing, he's always been like a 87, 88 player. Never okay. really broken into like a ninety something. Overall. Yeah. See, even the video games know it. Like, we don't even just have to watch from home. Like, he just doesn't shine like other players. And it's not even because McDavid was in the way. Like, he had the opportunity on the New York Islanders. So, I'm really interested to see if we're talking about the Kraken for a sec, how everything's going to pan out, especially for the young players who now have the opportunity, kind of like Morgan Geeky on the second or third line, centering that line coming from Carolina, I believe it was. And he scored last night and all through the preseason. So that was really nice to see as well. Now, I know we've just been kind of jumbling around the league, grasping at things that uh, kind of come in. Um, What we're going to try and do... Uh, when we get probably tomorrow, hopefully tomorrow with Andrew, um, our third, our third member, our third friend, uh, we're going to do a breakdown of each division uh, rankings. We'll try to prep that between uh, today and tomorrow, kind of a breakdown first to last. um, And just touch quickly on, you know, what we want to see kind of from each team. We'll go around quickly uh, because it's 32 teams. It's a lot to get through. Yeah. Three hours on it. Um, and yeah, I got some early predictions and some other fantasy stuff because we are all involved in that. 
um, a little more structure will follow as we as we develop this show. But um, I think we've uh, we've done a good job of covering a lot for a couple of sadly fans at the end of the first game <laughs> of the season. <laughs> Definitely. And I can talk all night about this stuff. So keep the contact coming and no problem at all. I'm more than happy to provide a uh, in-depth analysis about each uh, playoff making team even. So looking forward to it and more fantasy talk and more about what happens on the league. So Definitely thanks for the invite, Johnny. And yeah, I'm glad someone else has the same mindset as I do. I'm, uh, we're going to have to W the, uh, the fanalist. You can be, uh, yeah. <laughs> you can be the, the in-depth go-to for our, uh, our show here. Um, so we'll be back tomorrow. We'll be up, uh, follow us on Twitter at uh, Leafs Late Night, on YouTube at Leafs Late Night. We'll be up on Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere you get your podcasts. Um, we'll be updating those. Um, and send us questions and see if maybe we'll get a Discord going if there's enough interest in it. So uh, go Leafs go. Go Leafs go. Shamal.